When you hear the question, who are you? What does that stimulate internally? Do you have an answer immediately or do you get lost in an empty void of thought? And now how about the question, what do you do? Many may have their current job surface in their thoughts, but is that question meant for us to go deeper? And finally, the question of how do you exemplify? How many of you can answer that? In past episodes, we have discussed ways to discover your authentic self, importance of standing in your power, and how to set an intention. But there is something that if you are not clear on it, it could be confusing to execute any of these successfully. And that are these three questions of you and seeking your authentic self. This is a powerful episode and exercise that may assist you in completely understanding you in new depths. Your support of this podcast and work is vital to its expansion. We currently offer the podcast on a value-for-value exchange, which means that if you gain any value from the episodes, a voluntary exchange of energy is greatly appreciated, and in return, we have several ways of doing this. The first way is to share the podcast, whether that's through word of mouth to family and friends or anybody who would resonate with the podcast or through social media. Sharing helps to greatly expand the network of ears that are getting to hear this philosophy. The second is through rating and leaving us reviews on popular podcast platforms such as iTunes. This helps to ensure that we are seen by more people by moving us up the ladder in the ratings. Third, liking and subscribing to the podcast on popular social media platforms, especially iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube helps to show that there is a lot of support for this podcast. And not only will you get alerted when there are new episodes, but others feel more comfortable joining in as there is this funny thing called social validation where people feel more comfortable supporting a cause where there are already many people doing so as well. And finally, you can support us monetarily if you choose by subscribing to our Patreon account. And for just $5 a month, you get access to our behind-the-scenes footage, and a shout-out on an episode. And you can do this by going to wise-wise.com slash patron. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. No matter what the avenue you choose, we truly and gratefully appreciate your energy. And now, let's get on to this episode and discovering more about you. Let's journey. Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Oftentimes in the past, I've had a lot of trouble with decision-making, 
and not really knowing which way I should go in my life path. And in a previous episode, we talked about anxiety and how that whole not knowing what decision to make, not knowing what's best for you, feeling like decisions that you make now can alter the rest of your life. So you're putting all this pressure on one decision. Mm. Um, You've mentioned that a lot of that can come down to like what you want to exemplify and in who are you and what, what are you doing here on this earthly plane? And you've started mentioning these questions a lot recently to me in, in private time when we've had private conversations. And these are questions that I've kind of made part of my everyday questioning of myself and, and what I'm doing, but I'm not sure I totally understand and have a grasp on them because they are such questions, generalized questions that on the surface to um, a normal person, they may not fully understand the depth or like the authenticity these questions are asking, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. But I do feel like they play a larger role in pulling from the other parts of this practice, like um, living your authentic self and standing in your power and understanding and utilizing tools to know what your energetic makeup is. And it's like pulling all of this and then also pulling in your intentions of what you're here to do in this world. And it's like a, it's like almost like pulling all that into like a, a concrete springboard that you're going to go back to, to then make decisions to then further any intentions that you have. And I feel like that's how it is structured in my head. So, you know, if you can feel free to clarify, but maybe we can get into um, why these questions came about for you. Well, Thank you, Aaron. So good to be back. So big love hug to everybody out there. Yes, these three questions in the search to find our authentic selves. These three questions have become possibly uh, the most important part of, of this whole philosophy. And now I'm working with my private clients, uh, really with no matter what they're dealing with in their life, coming back to these three questions. And so maybe we'll, for now, call them the three questions in seeking your authentic self. And we may change that eventually, but that's what we'll go with now. And those three questions are, who are you? What do you do? And how do you exemplify? Now, as Aaron was saying, these three questions sound extremely simplistic and Over the past uh, few months, when I started giving this out to people to answer, I would get very quick responses, and anybody could feel it out in a matter of seconds. As you brought to me this morning before we uh, entered into this podcast, and this kind of come up in natural conversation, that most people don't understand the depth of these three questions, and, and that's what we're hoping to truly get across in this podcast so that you can really start to see that part of our problem in moving forward in life is making decisions. And and so we'll just call that discernment. And many times the reason that that challenge is there 
it's shown in the destiny cards is one of the tools that we work with uh, as well as the human design. But in the destiny cards, most people have two cards with their birth date. And one is their personality that, that shows the flavor of their personality. And then one is the higher self or where some people say the soul wants to go, where, where we want to evolve to. For some people, those are very similar. And for some people, such as myself, they were very, very different. One can be a masculine energy and one can be a feminine energy. And that's the case with me. The Ten of Clubs is a masculine energy and the Queen of Hearts, the Loving Mother, is a feminine energy. So see, part of my path was to transition out of so much masculinity into being comfortable and strong in my own personal power in the feminine energy as well and to be very balanced in that. So with the Ten of Clubs and the Queen of Hearts, you know, there's only the jack between the Ten and the, the Queen. So the numbers are very close, but the suits are different. And how both of those operate are different. So, see, I can be torn into any decision that's brought to me, whether to approach it from a mental standpoint or masculine uh, and figure it out or plan it, or to approach it from the more feminine of trusting, being creative, being adaptable. And just those two examples can create a little war in my head, between my head and my heart, so to say. And I think many people experience this. They can feel one way one day about uh, a subject, and then the very next day they feel completely different. And that may have been influenced by somebody they talked to or something they saw on TV. So when I was developing these three questions, the very first one was, who are you? And this breaks down simply to what your name is or what you want to be called. It doesn't have to be your name. Some people use nicknames. Some people are given names from certain teachers, uh, certain types of initiations, but the main point of this first one, of who are you, is to understand that we typically hear our name more than any other word throughout our life. So how we resonate with our name is extremely important because you're activating that energy every time somebody calls your name and you respond. Now, some of this has to be seen that this is subtle energy happening. And in subtle energy, you have to be very present to know the effect that it's having. And that's why we do discuss the five different levels of the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. And we bring all of those together. And so that vibration that I'm talking about is very much on the energetic level. For example, I shifted my name and at 37... After a certain event, I changed my name from going by Scott that I'd gone by for 37 years to utilizing Alexander. And when I started making that shift, it was like night and day to people. And so now when I say the name Scott and I say the name Alexander, they have two completely different resonances to me. And that's not judging that anyone named Scott is less of a person than anyone named Alexander. This is how I resonate with the two different names. 
So at that point, I decided to only use Alexander moving forward. And for two years, it was challenging because people wanted to pull me back into that old energy. I happened to use part of my birth given name, but I respect any name that anyone wants to choose to use or that has been given to them. The main point about who are you is how you resonate to the call. That's what I want to be clear on because this isn't about who are you to stroke the ego. Who are you to um, be more important than anyone else? Uh, it's, It's nothing but how do you resonate when you are called upon? And if you were optimally to be called upon continuously, what would be the one name? Now, some people like multiple names, and there's nothing wrong with that as well. But we are talking on an energetic level, and just understand that the more names you're called is technically the more roles that you are willing to play for people. So does that help where you were at with that very first one of who are you? Are we getting and bringing some of that clarity in? Yes, thank you for for clarifying it on that level because you've mentioned that question to me before and I've kind of forgotten the context that you used it in. And so when I would be bringing these back up in my in my mind, I would say, who are you? And I would say, well, I mean, I am Aaron. And because I, I gel with that energy and like not having remembered the context that you used, who are you? I would just say that. And then I would try to, like, I didn't know I, I could stop right there because mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I like stopping right there because then I feel like um, if you ask that to uh, like a person on the street, they're going to go into offering things they identify with about themselves or even getting into their preferences. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of just being like, who are you? And we can kind of boil that to, boil that down to what energy do you resonate with? You know, do you want to be called? Yes. Yes. So for example, you know, many people that go into extended schools like doctors, they prefer being called Dr. So-and-so rather than their first name being used. And some are very adamant about that. So that's one thing when you're using a title, which I'm not the biggest fan of, so to say, I would rather it be a little bit more personable. And, and that's, you know, but some people like multiple names. Once again, there's nothing wrong with that to say three names completely. Uh, so it is getting back to, This isn't about what's right or wrong or better or worse. It's just in how you resonate. And when I realized how differently I resonated when someone called me Scott and someone called me Alexander, there was there was just no comparison. So I didn't I wasn't rude to the people that wanted to continue calling me Scott because I did have some people in my family that said, oh, you've always been Scott. You're going to always be Scott to me. And so what my response to that was. We're always welcome to call him Scott and you'll get Scott, but Alexander can give you so much more. Because I was telling life at that moment, no, I am different. And this is part of me going in a direction of me stepping into that power. And so I set a precedence to correct people, but in a loving way. And to if they didn't want to make the shift, to still be accepting of that. But to know that, no, okay, I carry a separation there. But you're still welcome to use that word. See, the key is not putting restrictions on others. 
to always manage your own field. That whole thing of who who you are is just that, that resonance of when somebody calls upon you, what frequency do you want activated? So words have power, and so it's only makes sense that our names and what people call us have power and what we will be, um, what the energies that we want to be called and summoned by. It's cool that we get to choose because we can then also start over kind of similar to what you did, where it gives us the ability to make a clear distinction of, okay, no, this is my kind of new intention in life mm-hmm. and, you know, set it with our name going forward. Now, is there a way that people could essentially take away our power by calling us names? And I know that we kind of do this as kids and I, sure. I think we don't know, we, you know, we're not aware of this, this power thing and the energies, but you know, we'll, we'll call each other nicknames and sometimes you resonate with them. Sometimes you don't like for me, my last name was my nickname because I had a best friend who was also named Aaron and his last name was hard to say. So people just called us both by, well, I guess he, he was Aaron and he got to be Aaron and I got to be my last name Keith is right. essentially a uh, first name. So, and I was fine with that because I knew that it was easier for people, mm-hmm. but I do resonate with Aaron way much more than, than Keith as right. now that I think about it. Yeah. And that's, that's worth pointing out and just recognizing because most people aren't going to just take the, the time to think about that. And many people are given multiple nicknames and, you know, I, I do have a story of when I started working, and this was in the very beginning, so understand I wasn't comfortable with using Alexander yet, but as soon as I started using it, I started working part-time at this um, chiropractor's office, and right away, he started calling me Alex. I didn't resonate with that at all, and I had studied through my sound therapy that Shortening names is actually uh, a conscious or subconscious act of taking your power away. It can be endearing, but see, when it's endearing, there's no power at, at play normally. And so when you're in just social or business situations where people do shorten your name, just pay attention to that. And so when this gentleman that was named Dr. Turner, every time I asked him to to alter that. And I did come to him and I said, thank you so much for being endearing. But if you wouldn't mind, I'd appreciate you using my whole name. And (laughs) he just looked at me and he said, okay, Alex. And so he just continued to call me Alex. Well, I, in a playful way, just started calling him Dr. Turn. And I wasn't complete. Uh, And I would say, what's up, Turn? (laughs) And and he would pause and be like, "What, what are you saying? And I said, oh, we're into name shortening, right? That, that's what we're doing. It's, that's what you're doing. So that's what we're doing. And uh, he just kind of smirked it off. I worked with him for approximately nine to ten months, worked with him. And through that whole time, we just played that like little game. And he wouldn't budge and just call me Alexander. And so I just adjusted his name and took off part of it as well. There was no negativity in it at all. It was playful, but see, that was part of my stance of learning to stand in my power of we all do at least have the right to be called what we prefer. And if somebody chooses not to do that, then to find a way to change your vibration. So see, 
I wouldn't receive that vibration of Alex. I would turn it right around for it with Dr. Turn. And it was almost like a ball being tossed to me and me just tossing it back. And instead of walking away and going, man, I really don't like it when he calls me Alex. You know, that, see, that's the energy that starts to pull down. And I think it is worth sharing, you know, how I come about this because the experience was amazing that I did it in a sound, what's called a sound bath at Sound Healing School to where you lie in the middle of a room and everyone else in the room just chants your name at different speeds, different tones. And so I went to that school as Scott. And when I came out of the name bath, I think we went for about three to five minutes of just chanting your name. And when I stepped up to uh, go under, so to say, my instructor said, uh, what name would you like to use? And I just said, Alexander. I had never used Alexander at all. And so she said, okay. And so everybody started doing that. And when I closed my eyes and I heard my name being chanted, it was like I was completely uninhibited. I was floating in clouds and there was no associations. There was no faces that come up. There was no names. It was one of the the best meditations and feelings of complete freedom that I'd ever experienced. And so when I come back, it was like I had made love with that name. And as soon as I come back, my instructor's face was white. And she said, is your name Alexander? And I said, yes, my name's Scott Alexander Tuttle. And she went, you are Alexander. When you go home, print business cards right away, make the transition. And as she was saying, that chill shot all over my body. And that's exactly what I did. And I came back and I stood in the resistance of people that didn't want to make the shift. I met new people that would say, oh, you're saying your name's Alexander, but so-and-so said your name's Scott. And I was like, yes, I'm both Scott Alexander. So I just got used to used to that. But I would always welcome and accept Scott, but redirect into the Alexander that I do prefer this over here. And then when I saw that some people just aren't going to make the switch, then that's when I decided to, in order for it not to affect me energetically, then I will just give them Scott when they call on Scott. And Alexander does have so much more to offer. And Alexander is that that shift from that masculine energy more into that feminine energy. And Scott was you know, full-blooded Southern boy raised in North Carolina and worked in tobacco his whole life. And so that that just breeds a certain type of mentality. It's not a judgment on it. But with this new Alexander in the direction that I was going after studying metaphysics for over 10 years privately and then going to sound healing school, starting a private practice, that all being so fresh and new was so was so freeing. So what you are called is extremely, extremely important. And I think as you start to do your own self-development and understand how important energy is and you start to look into or feel into what name you would like to be called, then you kind of gain a new respect. I mean, at least this is what happened for me um, because when I first met you, I called you Alex and you did tell me the story about um, people shortening your name and, and how it affects the energy. And, you know, you can feel into that and see, like, I mean, just the difference between, I mean, you can go Alex Alexander or even Scott and Alexander. And one is very abrupt. Right. It's very short and abrupt. Like it ends before it begins. And Alexander just kind of rolls off and it's, 
So you can kind of feel into those energies and then you, you gain a new respect for people. And like, I've, I've told a few people that story about the name shortening thing. And because I, because I've seen them do it, not that I wanted to correct them. I just wanted them to be aware of, um, how you could be taking somebody's power away. And it's just like more of a, a way to respect somebody. Um, because, I, I mean, people are just aren't aware of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's very common, and many times people just learn it from their parents, maybe. Uh, they just pick it up. And like I said, not to judge it negatively because it can be endearing. Uh, so so being able to discern between those two really is fairly simple when you break it down to who is using your name in what way. But, you know, from my perception, that is life calling on you and, and just saying, hey— what are you going to heed the call to and who are you going to show up as? And that's breaking that first step down. And we're going to shift into that second step. What do you do? So where would you say that, you know, you are with that? Uh, and do you feel like we wrapped up the, the who are you pretty well? Was there anything left of, of that? Yeah, I mean, I would just point out that People can kind of look at who they are around other people from their past, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's groups of friends from high school and they probably have um, silly names for each other. And we kind of revert back to that type of behavior when we're around certain people. And I think the names have a lot to do with that. So we can kind of just, you know, go there in our minds and see that there is something there and it is. Uh, there is power to claiming the name that you want to be called and and even using it as, uh, you know, a good start over. Yes, and beginning to, you know, show people that, hey, uh, I appreciate that, that you you remember me in that way, but I'm not that person anymore. See, this is, uh, all these three questions are helping us to get to standing in that power. And it's not about being abrasive. It's not about being ugly. It's just not accepting others to pull you into roles that, you really don't want to play, but many people will just because it's easier than resisting. And so I'm honest with people to say, if you do change your name, give it two years because people are really going to like resist it because they just like what they're used to. Um, but now, I mean, 99% of people would much rather call me Alexander than Scott. And now it's, it's very easy for most. And I don't really have anybody left that carries that resistance. I mean, people will still use it from time to time, especially family members. And many times they'll apologize and I'll say, there's no need to apologize. I know that you're not doing it intentional. And so see, in that situation, I still show up as Alexander. I'm not, you know, making laws that, that, it's 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 helping to discern and that leads us back towards you know this what do you do and to stay out of roles that people want to pull you back into this is why it's important this very next one so important to know what you do and this this is normally the second question when meeting someone these are the first two questions they say oh you know what's your name and what do you do or where do you work and most people answer with where they work and by what do you do i mean something very different from that for a very few people on the planet it's probably the same but rarely is it most people have a job and a way to pay their bills 
but there's something that they do on their free time that they just enjoy that gives them passion that every time I meet somebody new and they give me their name and I say, what do you do? And they tell me their job. I just say, uh, well, that's great that you have that as a job, but I'm not sizing you up in any way. I want to know what you do that lights you on fire, that what, what is it in life that, that gives you passion, that gives you that, that want to know more, that want to grow. And that many times is the end of that conversation. And that, that began to be sad for me. Like, I mean, I've worked part-time jobs to pay my bills in my 20s so that I could do my band stuff. But anytime somebody asked me like what I did, I said I was a musician. And even if they said, oh, you pay your bills by playing music, I'd say, well, no, but that's not what you asked me. Oh, I pay my bills by working at such and such, but I'm a musician because that was very important for me to end that statement of whatever. I'll tell you what I, what I, how I make my money. I'm not embarrassed of it, but I'm going to bring it back around as this is what I do, though. I'm a musician, and we're playing out here, and we're doing this. And so they might try to ask me questions about my job, and I just wouldn't be interested no, I mean, that's so-and-so, but this is what I'm doing in my band, and this is like the new album that's coming out and that kind of thing. So see, that was my way of just steering people of, you're not going to take me off of my course. This is this is what I do. So, so, you know, now when people ask me what I do, I have three very quick things that I say. I help raise people's consciousness I help them to heal on the five levels of their being and to become more intimate in all the relationships. And see, I do a lot of other things. I do energy work. I do sound journeys. I do many different things. But everything that I do falls under those three categories, that those are my three main intentions. And anything that you see me physically doing is going to more than likely fall under one of those three things. And so... See, I want to be able to say that very quickly when somebody asks me what I do. And then if they follow up, well, well, where do you work? Well, I work through what I do. I'm self-employed, and this is what I do with people. Oh, really? Well, how do you do that? Okay, well, here's the tools that I use. Here's the philosophy. And I can continue to inform. But the main thing is almost creating like a a mantra-type response to where you're very clear, and you can always expand on that. But that quick little 15 seconds little spill, like if you've only got a blip to tell somebody like what you do. And that comes down to basically how do you want to affect people on this planet or affect animals or affect the planet? There's no right or wrong answers. It's Once again, it doesn't have to be connected with the way you make money. It doesn't even have to be connected to anything you're doing presently because the very first step is the intention to get clear on, no, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to start working towards that. So where would you say you are like up to today with, with that? Uh, yeah, what do you do? In the past, you've used the term or the question, what are you about, which I'm not sure which one you prefer um, I feel like what are you about leaves it more to go more in depth rather than what you do. People are generally going to answer with their job. Right. And it also brings in mind uh, a question or something that we clarified on the the six priorities and relationships episode. 
mm-hmm. where you clarified what the difference between a job and a career is. Right. And because I think I answered with like web development. That's what I do to make money. It used to be like a big thing in my life, but I do it because I'm good at it now because I've had a lot of practice, but it's not what I'm about. Right. Uh, I would say I'm about, and I've just come up with this in the last minute or so, but I'm about helping to bring this information to a wider audience or helping to uh, decipher, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm helping to bridge the gap. And, mm-hmm. and um, by asking you questions, I'm bringing the information out. And also the questions that I ask are specifically for different types of perspectives out there so that people are you know, getting fed the right, the right and proper way that right. they need to be. And, and, and that's great. And like you said, this is coming even through this while we're recording this episode. And that's the beauty of this. And you are good at, at just that. And we've developed you know, that over all of these years and you continue to grow in that area. Now, my next question for you would be, now when you really sit back and close your eyes and think about feeling fulfilled, this is getting back to, once again, what you do or what you're about. I like both of them because for some people it is a, it is a doing, um, like gardening or something like that. And so, but I do like to add that or about. And in that, when you really close your eyes and look into that and you're looking for fulfillment, what fulfills you when you do some kind of action in the world? You know, would you say, is there anything else that pops up that, okay, well, that's cool for now, but I already have this other thing that eventually I would like to experience that, whether it was, you know, play rock guitar or, or whatever it is. Uh, that's another importance of these three questions is they are changeable. But the important thing is, is that you are aware right now in your life what those answers are while they do have flexibility. So, so with that, would you say that there's anything else that has plant a seed that's been planted, an interest that you have also, or do you truly feel that sharing information, whether it be yours or somebody else's, the philosophy, whatever that is, that that helping to educate or bridge the gap, as you said, uh, is really, really that fulfilling? Yeah, I think it comes down to two things that I'm aware of that I like, that are at my core. And one is why I do web development, which is really boils down to solving problems. Mm-hmm. And which this stuff, this philosophy does. And so there is that aspect of it. But there's an even deeper aspect that is at my core that I've shared freely with, with a lot of people um, that a lot of my creativity is poured into, which is creating experiences for people. And I feel like doing this podcast and talking about this philosophy covers both of those because, one, we're, we're bringing this information out to elevate people's lives and solve problems that they're going through through their communication or otherwise. But it also is creating a new life for them, creating a new experience for them and an experience that, that I'm going through as well. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to taste how more fruitful life is than where I was before I met you. And I want to bring that experience to people. Uh So I'm, I'm like a, 
I mean, that, that has happened throughout my life. And even in the Destiny cards, I think somewhere it said if a Three of Diamonds uh, is uh, promoting your your goods or material that consider yourself lucky or something like yes, that. I'm probably yes. paraphrasing, but that's, you know, whenever I find something that's exciting for me, I want to share it. I want people to, to experience that. Um, so it's, it's bringing that excitement and, and I just love to create experiences for people, whether it's cooking like breakfast for somebody and, and, you know, having it taste great as well as like visually stimulating. I just love to create that whole vibe for somebody to sit down and have like a, even if it's just like a moment of peace where they're, they're enjoying their meal and they're in the now versus like worrying about other things. Right. And I don't know if it's because like, I also enjoy those things, but I'm not doing it because I want it done for me. It's mm -hmm. like, it, it's almost like I'm tapped into that energy of, of, um, noticing details and noticing their effect on my experiences and then bringing those details for other people who may not notice it. But when they're surrounded by those details, they experience it, but they may not know why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that was so beautifully said. And, you know, is it is so wonderful to kind of watch the process as I just sit across you and know that that mind is just spinning and, and you're actually sorting some stuff out that maybe you've been looking at in a different light because this, what you do as well, like Aaron said, he's not doing it to have it done for him. And that's a big key is yes. What do you do in your life to where you don't want anything in return? You don't need, it's a true act of love. And that's the case for me. When I see a light bulb moment go off in someone's face or I see uh, someone struggling with a loved one, say a mate, and then I'm able to give some information that changes their whole perception of how they approach that. That feeds me in a way that, um, you know, music never could. No matter how many thousand people I had jumping up and down, screaming for my band, it was nothing even close to that. And so many of you won't know what the answers to these are. You may answer them very quickly, but when you really start breaking them down, you will realize that most of us don't know what the answers to these questions are on a deep, deep level of like, no, what is it that I do that I don't look for anything in return? And how can I bring more of that into my life to, I call it, be soul food. It Things that feed your soul can carry you in ways that, um, you know, these other just physical levels uh, can't even compare to. So, and that, of course, that leads us into this next one of, you know, what or how do you exemplify it? So, would you like to take that one or would you like me to start with the example? Well, I feel like I'm looking at it now from a newly processing point of view because I just had that I mean I knew the stuff that I just said but like you said I was kind of like connecting it all as I was saying it and it feels refreshing and so now I'm looking at this how do I exemplify like like it's easier to answer now now that right. I've had that realization in the second question um, and I would point out for people because it's not like I, I knew that I liked creating experiences it's just that I kind of um backwards engineered what I what I like doing for people making them breakfast and then right. asking like what is the root of that sure and so that might help Great people example. if they do have 
um, trouble with number two or, or even just need to take time to um, go into that a little more. But how or what do I exemplify? I guess going back to the second question, how do I exemplify that? Yeah, those, those two main things. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I mean, right off the bat, I would mention that doing this podcast and, and I just love to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody wants to sit down and just talk about this, I can go on forever. Cause I, I like to hear what people are going through or even what they've, you know, discovered and observing them, but also what they're saying and kind of connecting the dots with what I know and holding the different things that I've learned, whether it's tools or perspectives and balancing them out on whether some of my perspectives are being reshaped based mm-hmm. on what they're saying right. or, you know, just kind of weighing everything. And it, cause it not only, um, you know, hearing them and maybe giving feedback, but it's also helping me shape my worldview and, and how I would answer the next person or anything mm-hmm. like that. Right. Right. And, and I agree that of course the podcast it has been a labor of labor of love for both of us for many years, and we once again thank everyone that contributes to our patron and and invite anyone that feels drawn to. Uh, we spend a lot of time on this, and it was a calling of mine that that it was part of my path to provide information for people uh, to be able to access it for free, and. And so I feel like we have done that. And of course, Aaron's been an incredible uh, partner through all of this. And seeing that exemplification and what, if you even add that second part into creating events, and of course, you've been part of some of the events that I've held and we've discussed about taking those to, to higher levels. And that may even breed, you know, more of an interest of that when you're able to see that, no, I do like providing uh, certain things for people. And, and see, there's a need for the provider and there's a need for the, the manager or the, the agent or the, you know, everybody playing the roles. It's not like one role is necessarily more important than the other because it's all about the parts coming together. And so when somebody loves holding events or managing events or people's experiences, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be an event, but an experience, then that can be so useful for somebody that is the performer, so that they don't have to put so much energy into that. And this is how we can come together and really enhance each other in beautiful different ways. You know, and I'll answer mine before I get into that explanation. I exemplify it through my clientele, through my free offerings that I offer, my performances by a fee and and some or not, by the extra time that I take to just talk to a stranger or talk to a friend of a client that just needs somebody to talk to but maybe doesn't have uh, enough money for a whole session. I've worked kind of community service into my everyday work and that's how you know I exemplify as best I can and then to live and exemplify the philosophy just very very clearly and consistently. And I've been doing it now some of this work for over 24 years. And so that's the thing about when we create beneficial patterns is it does become habitual because we are habitual creatures. So we can train ourselves so-called good habits just as well as we can so-called bad habits. So 
understand that the first two questions are really so much more important than the third one at the beginning. The third one becomes the most important because that's how you exemplify all the time. You're always exemplifying something. And this is where we get into how this helps to discern in discerning that now in social situations or professional situations, when we're clear in who we are and what we are about, that can help us to answer questions of, hey, Alexander, would you like to be part of this retreat that we're going to blah, 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 blah. Well, right away, rather than getting always into my wants, I ask myself, is this leading me toward what I do and am about and what I exemplify, or is it taking me away from it? And that, at a certain point in my life, became more important than what I want. You know, weighing the difference between what we need and what we want. And many times when we follow the path of what we need to do, the reward is so much more and long-lasting than what we want. I'm not against wants. I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't ever get something you want, but question it. Why do I want this? Wait a minute. Do I think I need this? Let me just bring in something that I need and compare that to this that I want. And see, in this exercise, many times it can help us in the discerning, like I said, that this connects back to our recent podcast and talks about non-preference. This is all linked together, that just because you practice non-preference doesn't mean you have no preferences in your life. The whole point of that teaching was when you realize that you're struggling and you can recognize that you have a preference, the struggle is in the preference And we have the power to let go of the preference, to let go of the struggle. And it's very similar that we're so challenged when we play, the more roles that you play, the harder it is to discern and make decisions because people are pulling you in different directions. But as you hone that down, you can still be around these people, but you begin to inform them that you're not going to play that role, that, no, I'm not Alex or I'm not Scott Thank you so much. I love you, Aunt. I'm Alexander now. Oh, really? Well, what's that about? Well, at 37, I went through a big shift, and I wanted to approach life in a different way. And so, and I'll explain it. Whether they understand it or not, I'll do my best to explain it in a way and verbiage that they can understand, because I'm not looking to be pompous. I'm looking to communicate that there is a reason why I am choosing to use Alexander over Scott. And there's nothing negative against Scott, and that's important to get across. So I think seeing that as long as you're not clear on these three questions, that you can be pulled in any direction at any time. You can be influenced by almost anyone, depending on who calls and what they call you, and then when they go into their problem, and can you help or will you help, all of that can catch us off guard. But if you're reminding yourself every day that, no, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, and this is how I'm going to exemplify, and anything outside of supporting those three things, the answer is going to be no. That doesn't mean that you don't ever do anything that's uncomfortable or anything like that, because uncomfortable situations can very much be leading you towards your path. Once again, to practice non-preference. So, 
I've just come to realize that throughout all of the philosophy, this is becoming one of the most important parts and pieces to truly help people learn to step in their power. And as Aaron has said, we've done podcasts on that. And I think that this is just going to extend you know, into that because that is a, another joy of mine is seeing somebody truly step into that power of who they're here to be rather than who they've been trained or taught, either out of resonance or resistance to be. And that is the path of finding your authentic self that all of this work is around. It's not telling you who you should be. It's helping you to find who you just naturally are. Yeah, and so to bring it back around to what I mentioned right at the beginning, I do feel like uh, answering or getting clear on these three questions within ourselves and looking at the tools and what they have to offer for our energetic makeup does help us to understand who we are as our authentic self, which then creates the foundation for us to stand in our power and choose the roles, Dan our preferences, be able to go in the direction of our intentions, and also at the same time creating energetic boundaries for what we don't want to attract. Yes, adding into that our time frames. Most people in our culture are so restrictive in their time. This discernment can help you to manage your time so much better than to give explanations of why I can't be part of that. So see, that's like if, you, if you're involved in some kind of project with something that gives you passion and then something socially comes up that is an opportunity to have some fun, see, you may be able to discern and stay on course to take care of the project or the, the uh, being there for someone or something like that to where you, you might not have thought that much about it before because you weren't clear in what was the so-called sacrifice. And many times we don't learn these lessons until it's too late, until someone dies or something uh, happens, uh, there's a major shift. And this is an opportunity to get clear on all that stuff and make sure that the people that are supporting you on your path that feeds your soul is being considered in all the adjustments and decisions we have to make in our lives. Because many times people will make poor decisions with good intentions. And that's why, you know, I do have that saying that good intentions are the death of a wise one because the the intention isn't enough. We need to take that next step. And how is this action going to affect everybody I'm connected to, but especially those that are helping support me in the direction of my soul food? This really helped me in decision-making earlier in my life. I've only recently put it into like actually part of the philosophy in this linear way and writing the book and developing the new website, you know, has been a big part and help of that to see, you know, when I meet somebody and they're interested in self-development, what is the first thing that I would introduce to them? And it would be those three questions. And then at normally most people answer those three questions very quickly. And then it would be dissecting. Okay, now let's really dissect this and see how your answers hold up. And so far, the people's quick answers just fall away very quickly once you start the dissection process. Because most people, again, aren't taking the time to see who they were really meant to be. They're busy 
struggling with all of these influences that have been forced on them. And once again, uh, the philosophy and our tools helps to just guide one back to that to that center. And and then once you find that stake in the ground or standing in your power, then it's just practice every day. And it can become very funny because life is very ironic and very laughable when you see that once you set an intention, I like to tell people, be prepared for three challenges right away. And and this is similar. Once you make that name announcement, then watch people challenge you with all these different names. Or once you say what you're passionate and about, watch life try to take you away from that. And then once you announce what you do exemplify, be prepared for that example to be tested. And so this is all these answers is about what you're looking to be consistent about, how you want to represent yourself to the world. And then that helps determine what you're part of and what you're not part of. And it helps you to be able to explain to these people why you want to be part of it or why you don't. And then that can even get into the spiritual energy of celebration. Then you create ceremony or celebrations around that that is supporting you in the direction that you're going. And so what you may see in the past as just a um, like a live event or something can now shift into, no, I have the opportunity to be somewhere and affect someone's life through a conversation or through, through a picture or through just, uh, just being. And that changes just a normal event that you're going to attend to something that is building you toward what feeds your soul. So I, th- I think this has been a great conversation. I'm so glad to finally uh, get this down. For the people who may be struggling or may struggle with identifying uh, what, uh, what they do or what they are about, I know that obviously the tools can kind of point uh, us in that direction um, depending on how you know what our energetic makeup is, but most importantly, there's a um, incarnation cross on the human design that I that we've discussed about our own that I feel like does kind of point in a good direction of what we're kind of here to do. And some of the the descriptions are very, very metaphorically it can be general. S- yes, yeah, very general or like I don't know. Like sometimes they're just so like out there like not out there like spacey but i guess general is a, is a good way to to word it that you just don't know exactly or or you need or it gives like you some room. other perspective I, I like to say that it gives you room for your free will to take that and say okay yeah. well, this kind of gives me an idea but it doesn't lay it out like for instance mine is the juxtaposition angle of strategy and so it's all about relationships. And it even says that I can be one of the best matchmakers in the world, but only to see my partner walk away from me. And many times our strength is found in or through our biggest weaknesses. And so, so yes, these the, both the cards and the human design helps to guide that direction, but gives you the free will of how you want to paint that picture. So a big part of my work is relationship consulting. And I love that. I love bringing two people closer together. But see, when I started looking at my incarnation calls deeper and deeper, I began to see that everything is about relations. Everything is about relating. 
So relationships even break down to how we view ourselves. So that covers all of my, the umbrella of what all my work falls under is how we're relating with ourselves, with that divine energy and with others. And so that's a, just another example that of, of how I exemplify is I will share any and all of my birth information with most anyone to show them, at least through the human design and the cards, I can show them specifically uh, what has led me to be in this position I'm in and all other typical types of uh, astrology say something very similar as well. And uh, do you care to share uh, yours? Yeah, mine is the right angle of laws. I'm not sure if it's three after that or if it's one because there are a few. And the way we interpret it was um, I was supposed to help form a structure in which people can live and thrive under that may be new, like a, a new type of structure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so it talks about laws, but of course, you know, that that's open to interpretation, like you were saying, because it's vague. Um, there's some room for free will. So it's interesting that I know that I like to create experiences for people and also solve problems, but I'm utilizing those things to also, you know, it kind of interacts with my... Um, incarnation cross where I'm helping to create a structure for people to thrive under. And at the same time, would you say that, or how would you say you struggle or deal with when you feel like certain laws are being forced? Yeah, I definitely don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so see, that's part of uh, anyone that's here to have a new direction. Um, all the great way showers have gone through this that you have to go through resistance to get there because obviously you're looking to buck the system, the norm, and that's why we're sharing this different way to look at things. And so seeing that, that it brings in both a so-called, everything has a so-called positive side and a so-called negative side. And that doesn't have to be viewed as better or worse, just that that the high side of that that incarnation cross is looking for change and a change the way that people see it. But the so-called low side is that you can take it much more personal when you feel like things are being pushed on you to where we've had these discussions where I've tried to say just, you know, pick your battles because as life goes on and more serious things happen, we have to get used to letting certain things go that, no, I can't make a big deal out of that or give that a lot of energy. I used to, but now I can serve my energy for this bigger cause and that type of thing. And that becomes a daily practice. And with me, part of my work was staying out of that ten of clubs, mental study, trying to figure everything out and learning to sink into that queen of hearts and come from my heart and the compassionate side. And so those are the two that I keep as balanced as I humanly can and continue to work on every day. And that's these three questions are just leading us toward work that we will never quit or never end. It never ends as long as you want to be the seeker. It's nothing to arrive at. And that's why the beauty of these three questions is truly once you stand in your power and you see the power of answering these three questions clearly and precisely, then you see the power of, oh, at any time I can shift this. But I'm going to shift it on every level. And and starting with that intention and knowing that you're making the shift. And now I have to change the way that I respond to people because of the shift that I'm making. And many times the average person just doesn't think about those variables. And then it just becomes more and more natural as we uh, get older and older. 
Yeah, and I'm excited to uh, do our next live Q and A, which we'll we'll be announcing uh, shortly. Just stay tuned to our social networks on Facebook and Instagram for that type of information, uh, where we do stream on YouTube and Facebook, where we will discuss these types of things. I'm sure we'll be we'll be asking the community that's joining in, you know, the answers to these questions and how they've come. Uh, about that because I do I am looking forward to sharing and and maybe uh, possibly the joy that other people are experiencing in in utilizing these three questions to discover more of their authentic self um, because I'm sure it's going to help some clarify uh, that and again I'm I'm glad that we finally brought this to light and uh, I look forward to the feedback from our people and Thank everybody. Thank you, Aaron. And uh, just so much gratitude for the interest and the support in just another way. Stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.